Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this word that is about to go forth. Father, we pray that it will not return void. Father, we pray that everything that Son has said and done today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. I, I had my joke this morning. I had it on a piece of paper, and then I came in here and got to talking about everything else that y'all were talking about, and I forgot it. So I had to run back out there and praise and worship and remember it, but I got it. It's not terribly good, but I got it. So this atheist was fishing one day in a big lake, and all of a sudden the Loch Ness Monster attacks his boat. And it's destroying the boat and throws him and the boat up into the air and sitting under him waiting to devour him as he comes down. And he yells out, oh God, save me. And everything freezes. He's hovering in time. All the water droplets are in its place. And God says, oh, I'm sorry. Did you call me? I didn't think you believed in me. And he said, well, God, you got to give me a little bit of a break. Up to about two minutes ago, I didn't believe in the Loch Ness Monster either. <clears throat> <clears throat> they're not all tens uh, um, so so we spent a couple weeks talking about faith and, and and how it's impossible to please God without faith right and, and so we're just going to go to the next step right and so the next step past faith because um, the Bible says having done all to continue to stand and, and, and when, we're, when we're operating in faith it is not a get-rich-quick scheme it is not something that most of the time, when you're standing in faith, that it's not something that returns immediately. So if you will, turn with me to the book of James. And I said the other day, I don't like James, but I don't like James because he, he doesn't, there's no frills in James. He just tells you whether you like it or don't like it. He, Paul has these beautiful words and, he, and, he, and he, he explains stuff so well, James is like, this is it. So, um... James 1, 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, that when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish at work so that you may be mature and complete and lacking without lacking anything. So that perseverance, that's today's title, perseverance. It's easy to talk about perseverance, right? Perseverance is something that if you, you know, it's easy to, to want to have persevered and, and, and to be able to stand under any circumstances without wavering, not moving, and just stand still and know that God is God. And, and the, but that's hard. I mean, I, I don't know about y'all, but I mean, when you're faced with um, whatever, sickness, disease, or, or lack, or whatever, when you stand in faith... The instant you make up your mind to stand in faith, the enemy attacks you from every angle and tries to convince you that um, you're dumb and this is not right and you misread that and that's not true. And that's where I think a lot of people come against, even Christians, right? <clears throat> they, everybody wants to label stuff, right? So, so they say what when you talk about healing and financial breakthrough and being... Um, breaking addictions and all of that, that that's the prosperity gospel, right? And people really like to talk trash about the prosperity gospel because it's the name and claim it, folks, or whatever, and it's the too blessed, to be stressed, whatever, whatever bumper sticker you want to read. But, the, but the, the, the misunderstanding is, is you can stand in faith in the prosperity gospel, and that, that does not mean that there's not going to be trials and tribulations and things that come against you while you're standing in faith. In fact, it really means the opposite. 
right? If you're, if, if you're preaching or listening to the gospel of grace, which is what we preach mostly, and faith, it, it goes without saying, and I think we don't do a very good job of explaining it, which is why we're talking on perseverance today. It goes without saying, the instant that you make up your mind that I'm going to be a man or woman of God, and I'm going to stand in faith, and I'm going to walk by faith and not sight, no matter what, the enemy can't stand that, and, they're going, and, and the enemy is going to ridicule you, attack you, bother you, bombard you constantly. The Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion looking around for someone to devour. So as it moves, as you stand closer to where God wants you to stand, the enemy comes against you harder and harder. Think about it like this. Think about when Jesus started preaching his gospel. Nobody knew him. Nobody knew where he was from. His carpenter's kid, whatever. Turned some water into wine, and all of a sudden, everybody got excited, right? Up until he turned the water into wine, nobody really cared what he did or where he went or nothing else. When he started preaching the gospel and telling them God's truth and said, I'm not here to condemn the law, but I'm here to fulfill the law. When he started to preach the gospel of grace, right? It's not by works, but it's by faith. Everybody hated him, right? All of the church folks, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, all of those folks wanted to kill him. Everybody. Why? Did he really become an overnight success? No, not really. Over time, as he preached the gospel, people started to see the truth from God and, and became <clears throat> where they wanted it, right? And then he started healing folks and, and setting folks free and raising people from the dead. And then he really, really wanted it. But the more truth Jesus spoke, the more they hated him, the more they attacked him, the more they ridiculed him, the more they tried to apprehend him, right? Before he started preaching the gospel, Nobody cared where the Nazarene was. Nobody cared what he was doing. It was not until he started preaching God's word on a daily basis, in and out, really, when he unrolled a scroll and said it's fulfilled in front of you today. That, that's when it really kind of kicked it off. But up until then, nobody cared. He didn't have to have perseverance up until, I mean, he did. He lived in a perfect life. But, but nothing was against him, necessarily, at a high level, until he started preaching the gospel. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you live in your life and you don't live according to the gospel and you just kind of go with the flow and nobody really bothers you and, and nobody's talking bad about you and nothing's coming against you and you don't have any hardships, I'll go ahead and tell you, you're probably not living a whole lot like Jesus. You probably are an invisible Christian that are, that, that's hidden behind a door. Because the instant you start to try to live in the <clears throat> everyday life as a Christian, People start talking bad about you. People have things to say about you, and the devil attacks you. And look here. <clears throat> I, I, don't, I don't think we understand. Y'all ever had somebody who just pushed your buttons no matter what? They just always said the one thing that bothered you so bad you couldn't stand it? You think they knew all that information about you? You think people care enough about you to understand what it is to push your buttons? No. Satan is attacking you and using people around you. So when, I, when we come under attack, James says to consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when we're faced with many kinds of trials. Because that's going to test your faith to see if you're really real or not. If you're just a bumper sticker Christian or if you're really, really real a Christian, that you're really going to walk by faith and not by sight, that you're going to live by the word no matter what, 
Right? That if the outlaw church tomorrow, we're still going to walk by faith. We're still going to live according to the same God. Right? No matter what changes, no matter what social media. That's that. I love that line at the end of Big Jake. And if you're over, you know, 40, you might have watched Big Jake. If you're under 40, you probably haven't. But he says at the end, no matter who gets hurt, it's my fault, your fault, nobody's fault. Right? So my fault, your fault, nobody's fault. I'm not moving out of God's word. I don't care what the government says. I don't care what the people say. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to walk according to the Bible. And when the attacks come and things happen and trials happen, we don't always come out of them unscathed, but we always come out of them knowing that God is still God. Right? Perseverance is continuing to do right because it's right, continuing to live in God's word no matter what. Whether it looks like I'm being healed or it doesn't, whether it looks like I'm getting broker by a minute or it doesn't, whether it looks like I got everything beat or it doesn't, that I'm going to live by God's word, right? See, when Jesus talked about <clears throat> in Matthew chapter 6, let's, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. So Matthew chapter 6, uh, the, the um, gospel according to Matthew, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body not more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor do they reap. Do not store away in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Right? Look at what's happening around us in the world. Right? God takes care of his foes. Right, David said, I was, when I was, I was young once and now I'm old and I've never seen the children of God beg for bread. God tends to his people. Uh, skip down a little bit. Um, God clothes the grass, blah, blah, blah. There we go. For pagans run after all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will give unto you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. So when we seek ye first the kingdom of God, when we strive, number one, to live according to the gospel of Christ, and we don't worry about what everybody else says, and we don't worry about what everybody else does, and we don't care about what the world does around us, but we know we are steadfast in God's word, that we are rooted and grounded in faith, that we're not moved, that's where perseverance comes from. Now, there have been times in my life where trials and tribulations have come, and I have fallen down. I have let my flesh outrun my spirit. I have failed. Does that make me not a Christian? No. That just makes me human, right? Makes you human, too. Is if you say that you faced every trial and tribulation in your life and you have not yet once wavered away from God's word, you come up later after the service and I'll pray for you for lying. Because we are not perfect. Right? That's granddaddy's line, right? <clears throat> we're, we're human. So we only get a little bit better every day. But our goal is, is in that perseverance is to get better every day. To continue to move forward in God's word, right? To renew our minds. To start to develop the habits of what God looks like. Because we are the body of Christ, right? We're the hands and feet of Christ. We're the body of Christ. It is our job to go into the world and preach the gospel. And if we're going to do that, you can't just let one little thing stop you from doing it. Think about Paul. Now, Paul had a rough beginning, right? He held the jackets when they stoned Stephen. And then he was hunting down Christians and then, you know, on the road to Damascus was blinded and, and Ananias went and prayed for him on Straight Street. And, and then he got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
And everybody liked Paul, not the Christians, everybody liked Paul up until then, right? And then all of a sudden, Paul's life changed from bad to good. In fact, he changed his name. That's how good a change it was, is it went from Saul to Paul. And all of a sudden, he started preaching the gospel. And he said, wait a minute, it's not the same guy who was tormenting and killing Christians? And all of a sudden, when he started preaching the gospel, everybody hated him. Everybody wanted to kill him. Everybody wanted to beat and torture him. And that's all they did. They locked him up in this prison. And then he was in this shipwreck. And then he was in that prison. And then he was beaten over here and flogged over there. I mean, he talks about all the times that he had beaten and tortured for the gospel. But he said, I'm going to run my race and I'm going to run it to the end. And that's what perseverance is. Perseverance is not... Everything's hunky-dory, it's all rainbows and unicorns and nothing ever bothers me and nothing ever happens in my life and everything is great. Perseverance is, is I don't care what happens in my life, I know that the gospel is true and I know I can't be moved away from that. I'm going to be rooted and grounded in what God's word says and whether the storm comes against me or not or whether the people come against me or not or whether somebody's talking about me or whether somebody's posting about me on Facebook then I'm not going to move from where I'm supposed to be because I only care about what God has to say about me and not what y'all have to say about me and it's not y'all personally but I know that if I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do I have to live according to the Bible. And if you're going to do what you're supposed to do, you have to also live according to the Bible. Because if you don't, right, you can't please man and please God. You can't chase after man's approval and chase after God's approval. One is a creator of the universe and holds the keys to salvation. One is a flawed sin man that's just like you. If I was worried about something, I think I would be much more concerned over the creator of the universe. I would be much more concerned over the one who sent me, the one who saved me, the one who forgave me, the one who's healed me, the one who set me free. I'm much more concerned over that. And I don't care if it looks good or it don't look good, or if I use proper English and I don't use proper English, or I don't care. I don't care if you don't like the, you know, the version of the Bible I use or the clothes that I wear or anything else, or you don't like a little fat, bald-headed preacher. I don't care. I'm doing the best I can with what I got. I didn't get to vote whether or not I was five foot, seven and a half and bald headed. I didn't. Now, I probably could be skinnier if I really wanted to be, but I'm trying sometimes. <clears throat> it's been a tough summer. We've been going everywhere. I told Crystal, in the last 40 days, 21 days, I have not lived at my house. In 40 days, between beta club and vacation and softball, 41 days, I mean, 21 days out of 40, I have not slept in my bed. And that stinks. I hope I get to sleep in my bed the next 30 without a break. But I'm not going to change the gospel that we preach based on somebody's opinion. And I, look, I get people tell me, well, I don't necessarily agree with that. And I don't believe what you said. And I don't think you explained that right. And that's cool. It's cool. I mean, you can like it or don't like it. I know that when I pray and meditate on God's word and work on what message it is, what message I preach is exactly what God wanted me to preach to the best of my ability. <clears throat> I'm not smart enough to come up with a new sermon every week to have y'all entertained and, and paying attention well enough and preaching the gospel. I, I, I don't have those skills. This is all God. 
And if you think I'm not doing a good job, then you need to talk to God because this is the best he's got for y'all. So uh, Romans. Man, it's hot in here. <laughs> uh, Romans chapter 5. Uh, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. For we boast in hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So as we move away from being a baby in Christ and we move to being toddlers or children or preteens or teens or one day praise god we're going to be adults in christ and we're going to grow up and be men and women of god and we know that we glory in our suffering so we think about all the times that we have fallen short and god's been there because listen here it matters more when you can remember all the times that god was there because nobody hardly remembers the times when God was there when everything was going fantastic and great and wonderful because we get not mindful of where God is when everything's going our way. Yet when we're in shortcomings and sufferings and hard times and sicknesses and times of where we're in need, that's when we know for sure that we stand with God. And that's when we see him work more. Now, I'm not saying that... <clears throat> well, I can't say that statement correctly. I'm not saying that God necessarily wants us sick, broke, busted, or disgusted where he can show up and help us. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the, Jesus said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And you notice that where, it, it, let, let, let's read that. I didn't have that mark. That wasn't in the sermon. Oh. Y'all quiet. The thief comes only to, st John, I'm sorry, the gospel according to John, 10th chapter, 10th verse. The thief come only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So if you, if you read that, if you read that in, 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 you know, what verbs we're talking about, the thief comes, continues to come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And I have come, one time, I'm here, I've already came, right? That they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus ain't, Jesus is only coming back one time, right? But Jesus has come and given us the victory. But the thief continues to come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Continually, right? The roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The ongoing onslaught attack of the enemy. It doesn't stop. Not on this planet, not until Jesus comes back continually attack harass bombard instigate aggravate constantly constantly and where we are christians we have to be mature enough to where we see the attacks of the enemy coming that we start to pray against them stand against them we start to read god's word to it because let me tell you something <clears throat> 
Miss Elsie and, and, and Bob are my gardeners, and, and, they, and I'm sure some of y'all else might garden too. But when you're in the garden and you're pulling weeds, if a weed is about this big, you just reach down with two fingers and you grab it and you pull it up and throw it over there and it's dead, right? But if you let that weed grow for a week or three weeks or five weeks or six months, it gets a stalk and some roots and some, you got to get it. You, you, you got to dig it up and pull on it and attack it. Well, when the attacks of the enemy come against us, it is much easier to defend ourselves than when we can stand at arm's length and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to have that. To where we let doubt and, and unbelief and uh, mistrust come in and let it get a foothold and let it get a, a part of us and let it grow because faith and fear can't live in the same house, Right? So, so that when we have faith and we have faith in God and we know what God's word says and we stand on God's word, we don't allow fear to manifest itself in our life. And the more you do allow fear to manifest itself in your life, the harder it is to remove. But in perseverance, when we stand on God's word, we are picking those weeds up as soon as they get there. No, thank you. I'm not going to be tacked. Thank you. No, thank you. Nope. I no sickness and disease can live in my body. No, thank you. All of my needs are met through his riches in Christ Jesus we don't allow those things to manifest themselves into real problems. So perseverance is stand and watch. Stand and watch over your life and God's word. And walking according to his purpose, right? Walking according to what his word says about us. And when we see the enemy coming to attack us, we have to be mature enough to be able to handle it before it gets in here close, right? We can't let it get all the way to us. We got to keep it at arm's length. That's what boxers do, right? They box out there where you can't get here. Lane and Kim came to Bible study, and I've told this story before, but Lane and Kim come to Bible study for years, and they were, they were the only people they thought that argued and fussed on Sunday morning before they come to church. They were the only household that had conflict in their house before church on Sunday morning. And they were embarrassed. They were like, I can't believe we fight on Sunday morning. And I'm like, dude, Crystal and I fight more on Sunday morning than we do the other seven days put together times two. And Lane said, Lane Hoffman said, yeah, it was funny because we would get to the point where we decide we weren't coming to church and then we would quit fighting. You're being attacked, buddy. You're being attacked. The enemy is attacking you. Why? To keep you away from God's word. Why? Is it more difficult to beat somebody who knows all the rules of the game, who does not understand the rules of the game? Is it more difficult to beat somebody in an argument that has all the facts and all the understanding and all the knowledge or zero facts, zero understanding and zero knowledge, right? Hosea says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So when our attacks come, almost, not all the time, a lot of the times our attacks come, why? To stop us from being the person we're supposed to be in Christ, to stop us from moving forward in God's word. And when we can get a little bit of perseverance in us. <clears throat> when I played high school football, uh, I loved being on the kickoff team. It was the opening kickoff. I was on the kickoff receiving team and the kickoff team. I loved the kickoff team. Because if you have any idea what happens in the kickoff team, they kick the ball as far as they can down the way, and there's a huge collision when everybody comes together. This team and that team, and they all run together in one spot. And I love that moment, right, when they come together. Because you get a little bit of pain, you get a little bit of adrenaline, start to get roughed up a little bit, made me excited, right? My kids think I'm weird because I enjoyed the pain of playing football. But that opening kickoff when you get to come together, man, 
That got me pumped up and ready to go for the rest of the game. I was so excited. I love the contact of the sport. But when we stand on the outside, we got to be excited to know what God's word is to where when we see the enemy coming, we run out there and attack. We have to long for that opportunity to stand against the enemy with God's word because we are fighting a defeated foe, right? I read all the way to the end of the book. He loses. He's a defeated foe. Christians are beat down more by some uh, entity that's already been defeated than anything else I've ever seen. Have you ever seen a team that was winning and acted like they were losing? Stand in the pulpit. We're winning. We win, but we're winning. We have an eternal reward in front of us. We have all of God's blessings on our lives, and we act like, woe is me. Why? Because we don't have enough perseverance. Because the, you, the first time you got hit on opening kickoff, you were ready to go sit back on the bench. Because you weren't ready for what was the attack that was coming against you. It's coming. And look, if you start to work according, walk according to God's word, right? If you start to develop and manifest God's promises in your life, if you start to walk by faith and proclaim that you're going to walk by faith and not by sight, and you're going to start to live on the gospel of faith, the attack is coming. As sure as they hit on the kickoff, it is coming. It is your job to how you respond to that. I know that I serve the living creator of the universe, God Almighty, and that nothing formed against me can prosper. So when the attack comes, I'm satisfied that I know who wins. I know who wins. But at times we get so wound up in the, but you don't, believe, you don't understand, they hit me. Yeah, they're going to hit you again and again and again and again. That's how it happens. It's not a one-time deal. But we as Christians have got to understand that we know the attack is coming. And as the attack is coming, that when it starts to manifest in our lives, that we start to breathe God's word back into it. When, when, when you... <clears throat> right our weapons of this warfare are not carnal right they're not they're not flesh and blood we don't war after flesh and blood we war after spirits and principalities and powers how do you defeat that you you don't beat spirits with punches you beat spirit with scripture when when the enemy attacks us right now today with what we have in our hand this living breathing sword this this so quick that it's dividing asunder, soul and spirit and joints and marrow, that this breathing entity that we hold in our hand. This is the, the, the sword of the spirit is the word of God is the weapon of our warfare. So when the attack comes against us as we move towards being persevering, if you're not doing it with the, the, the weapon that we have, what are you doing it with? What are you, what are you fighting with? What, are you, what, what, is your, what is your weapon of choice? I mean, if it's not God's word, then what is it? And the answer is, is nothing. I mean, you have the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness, right? And right, all of that stuff. But the weapon that we, we defend ourselves with is the sword of the spirit. It's the, it's the word of God. So if we're going to persevere and we're going to develop and we're going to mature and we're going to grow in Christ, it's, it's not all rainbows and, and sunshine. There are attacks. But we win. 
And, and the more we flex our muscles of faith and develop our habits of faith to where we meet the enemy with God's word, the better equipped we are to fight the next battle and the next battle and the next battle. And then our testimony becomes part of it, right? That they overcome the enemy with the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That testimony doesn't come from, you don't have testimony that said, well, I was a Christian and then one bad thing happened and then I quit. That, that, that ain't how it works. You have to continue to get up and brush yourself off and work and fight and study God's word and develop and develop into who we're supposed to be. That's how perseverance comes. And perseverance produces hope and hope does not disappoint. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for your word and your grace, Father. We just give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.